Welcome to another Sporting CP podcast. My name is Carl Santos. I'm the host of this podcast. And thanks again for tuning in. This is our second podcast. Got some good feedback from the first one. It's great to know that there's so many people out there who actually uh, love this team and want to talk about them, want to hear about them, want to spend their free time, uh, not just watching them, but also just researching and really trying to understand the team. I think we're all amateur managers. We probably all play football manager or FIFA and um, and uh, just so glad that, that people are finding this uh, helpful and finding it interesting. So today we're going to spend just a few minutes looking at a few things. The first thing let's talk about is July 1st, by the way. And um, first, let me talk about uh, Jeremy Mathieu. Jeremy Mathieu is um, a great sporting defender for a number of years. In the twilight of his career, he probably was going to finish and retire this year anyway, since his contract was up. But he suffered that injury, and now he has uh, announced his retirement not the way he would have liked it. It was very emotional. I, I was actually moved by Bruno Fernandez's um, uh, tribute to him on Instagram. And uh, the team did a great job of, of tributing having uh, uh, to him in, in the game against Belenenses, where they um, all wore the Machu jerseys. And then uh, Sebastian Coates pulled out his... Uh, his jersey and, and kind of waved a little after he scored his header. So, um, you know, great. It's a shame to lose him. He's, he was getting older for sure. But I love guys like Matthew who would play center back but could still be so uh, forward thinking. You know, he was always pressing the ball forward, always making the long passes. Obviously, he was great on free kicks. Um, so, you know, you got to love a guy like that. And, and um, he came and did, had a number of good years with sporting. So we're going to miss him. And that leaves a big gap at center back for the club. We'll talk about that later. But let's first talk talk about these two performances. Uh, the first one, a 3-1 to one win against Belenenses last, uh, last week. And then just today, a 2-1 to one victory against Gilles Vicente. Now, um, in the Belenenses game, 3-1, to one, it was a while back. You may not remember. Not, I think the one takeaway I really took away from that game that I found was really um, stood out to me, and it always worried me uh, watching, still worries me watching sporting a little bit, is uh, they had a lot of time where they were struggling to get the ball out from the defense. If you watch the game again, I don't know how many of you can watch uh, who watch the games. I, I, I get the games, by the way, through Goal TV where I can watch every, um, certainly every sporting game and most of the bit more, the bigger games in Portugal. So I watch them and I can watch them, uh, the, they're archived so I can watch them again. Haven't rewatched that game, but watching them struggle for long periods of time where they just couldn't get the ball out of their end. And that is a common problem when teams have defenders who, and midfielders who have trouble linking up. So the defenders, when they get scrambled, if they can't find a midfielder, they just boot it out, right? This is the English way of playing soccer. Um, you just boot the ball out of your end. Um, otherwise, you look for an outlet pass because you don't want to give up control. That tends to be the Spanish way of doing things. Where you and you, you know you watch Barcelona play, for instance, and you're never going to see um, Pique and uh, and the guys um, trying to just smash the ball out of their end. Very rarely. Usually, they're going to look to pass it out from the back and use those midfielders. Now they got Frankie de Jong and, and guys like that who will move the ball quickly from midfield to the, to the flanks or up to the forwards. 
that's the ideal in that context. Now, there's nothing wrong with booting it out, but Sporting wasn't doing anything very well at a number of periods. Now, they did win. They won 3-1. to one, um, But I did see that often. If you watch the game, you're going to see there's a, it's just a struggle. They can't seem to transition. So I think we'll talk a little later about what I think they're lacking when we talk about um, what, what might be possible transfer moves or what I might think uh, would make sense for this team in the summer. But yeah, watch the game again and take a look and, and you'll see what I mean. Um, and although they won, there were some great individual performances, right? Uh, Jovan Cabral obviously is, uh, he's, he's, he's a star in their making. I think this is a guy who next year is going to have, if, if he's healthy, he's probably going to be a regular starter and he's going to be, I think in the Portuguese league, I think he's going to, he's going to put up really good numbers. He's a, just a great player. If everything stays as it's going and these individual performances are great. Uh, I would like to see goals made and con- created from a team play, not just from counterattack, although that's hugely important and something they can do quite well. Again, we can talk about that later. But I really like to see a team that can craft and create a goal uh, outside of just using individual spurts of of brilliance. Because um, I think that's a really good sign of a team, especially when you get... Um, teams that you're playing in the Portuguese league that will often sit back and defend against sporting where they're going to have to try to unlock defenses because you're going to guys get teams parking the bus. This is why a guy like Bruno Fernandes was so important for sporting because, and for any team, really a guy like that who can, um, yeah, he's going to, he's only going to complete 75% of his passes, 70% some, some days, but he's always probing. He's always making cutting passes. He's always lobbing them over the over the deep lying midfielders or the center backs, and those kinds of guys are in, incredibly important. And I haven't seen that ability um, to really unlock defenses from a team play. Yes, Giovanni Cabral and some of these guys can really make individual movements that are are spectacular, and that's great. But I would like to see more of a stable approach at times too, rather than just relying on those spurts. Yeah, maybe I'm. You may disagree. That's okay. Let me know. Um, but that's what I saw in the Bellinenses game. Into today's Gil Vicente game, I, I was interested. Was, I found it interesting. I missed a little bit of the very end of the game. I've got a bunch of kids, so I had to kind of scramble between watching the game and um, and, and being dad. But so some things. The, the bare nuts and bolts are this. They had 51.6% of possession. It's not a huge amount. Sporting generally, in the pre-Ruben Amarim days, held the ball a little longer against teams like Gil Vicente, but Gil Vicente was doing a pretty good job of pressing and of of trying to uh, really force Sporting's hand. So I think that's why they didn't have the balls off, and it's just a very uh, uh, aggressive opponent today. Um one thing that was, I think, if you watched it, you would have seen, and even if you didn't watch it, if you just look at the stats, you'll see it, is they really favored the left-hand side of the field. Um, and that's normal teams will favor where they feel um, not only where the defense can be potentially weaker, where I think that was the case for Gil Vicente, but also where they feel that they have the strongest players. And today, on that left-hand side, we have, um, of course, you know, Sporting are playing this 3-4-3 formation, which is, uh, well, if you want to call it classic Ruben Amram, he's only coached, what, 15, 16 games or something. But um, when he had, in, in his time with Braga and now with Sporting, that's the, the formation he favors. I like the formation, the way he's using it. Of course, every formation, if you know anything about football tactics, every formation has strengths, but they also have weaknesses. You only have 11 guys on the pitch, well, 10 really, because you've got a keeper. 
And anytime you move them around, yes, there's going to be positives to those formations, but anytime you move something, you're also going to leave open um, so you're going to leave yourself open to some some weaknesses if the other team is is really uh, paying attention. And so I like the three at the back. The three guys playing at the back, I, I like that formation. I think it's, um, I enjoy it. What you do need when you have three guys at the back though is you need some more mobility. You don't want statues back there. I remember watching a game where uh, Roma played with three guys at the back and they had Fazio and Menelos, uh, these older guys. Well, Menelos isn't that old, but Fazio, I mean, this guy runs like a tractor. He's so slow. And when you have three guys at the back, you need people who are a little bit more mobile and better distributors of the ball because you're, um, you're going to have them doing a lot more of these long kicks and these, and these um, probing passes. And I think uh, with bringing Bora, um, Bora back to uh, play, Christian Borja, who's a regular left back or left winger, um, to bring him back and play on the left side of the three-man back is risky a little because he's not the biggest, strongest guy. So, you know, on headers and things, you got to wonder. But he was pretty good today. But um, but what you do gain there is a guy who likes to think forward as a left back. So he was controlling the ball quite a bit. I mean, he he had 81 touches. I believe he had the most touches of any player on sporting was, was Christian Borja. Uh, and then Wendell... Uh, who played on the left side of the central midfield, but it's still in the central midfield, but a little more left more often anyway. He had 80 touches. We had Nuno Mensch, who, uh, who was um, playing left, the left back, left wing back, we, you know, in, the, in this this four-man midfield. We have the two extreme wings who will then uh, f- they'll make for- foraging runs forward and support and add depth and or width to the offense, which is wonderful. But they also have to get back. And Mendes, he did a great job. He had 75 touches today. Three uh, dribbles, one key pass, three tackles, which is great. Five interceptions, which is great. Two clearances. So this is a guy who is, I think he looked really good. I think he's looked really good for a young player. He's confident going forward. And then he's coming, came back and he played pretty well defensively. And, you know, he's anytime with this formation, you're going to have the wingbacks sometimes struggle to get back in time and all that. But that's why you have three center backs to kind of cover for that. Um, but I think he did really well. So when you have Bora on the left hand of the three-man back, uh, center back formation, then you've got Mendes on the on the left flank. And then, and, and Wendell playing as, as well over there. And then who was at the point of the top of it was, was uh, Gonzalo Plata. And he had 52 touches today, and he looked great. He had four shots, three key passes, um, four dribbles. He drew three fouls. So that's, I mean, that that's a sign of a guy who's pressing forward, and defenses or defenders are having trouble dealing with him. So they so they foul them, and that's creating chances for for Sporting. Um, and you know what else I liked about him is he had 84% completion of passes. That may not sound super duper. He's not only Javi or or anything like that. But when you're playing at a wing position, an advanced position, you're not generally making those lateral passes left and right. You're usually making passes forward. So you'll find wingers, guys like Ronaldo even, um, well, certainly Ronaldo, but lots of others, uh, they just don't have the high passing percentages generally because they are making aggressive passes into the teeth of defenders. And as a result, they just generally don't have huge passing percentages. So to have 84% is pretty solid. Uh, for him. It's a great job, but clearly, if you look at the stats, watch it, you'll see they were favoring that side. And now it is Gil Vicente. It's not the strongest team. Belenense is not the strongest team. What I would like to see is 
because I, I mean, who isn't encouraged? This is the Amram is playing a formation that is um, uh, interesting he, and versatile because, again, as I think I said it last week, um, the obvious thing is these, these three man back can become a five man back when the wing backs come back. So it can be quite versatile. Um, it's, and that's the point of the formation. What I would love to see is I can't wait for them, uh, Sporting, to play um, Port. They're playing Porto in uh, September, uh, sorry, July 15th. And then they're playing Benfica on the 26th. And those two games, I will be fascinated to see. Because you see, Sporting's not playing. They're playing for third place. And it looks like they just got an edge over Braga this week. Um, so they're not playing for the championship. So I'm interested to see what Amarim does against these top teams. And how aggressive he is. If he, if he continues to take the game to them or if he sits back. And who he plays. Because it's one thing to say Nuno Menge is playing really well and Joelson gets to play. And I think Thiago Tomas got to play as well today a little bit. Um, uh, and Mateus is playing in the midfield. It's it's great to see these young guys playing. I love it. I want to see how they do against the best teams. So I kind of hope Benfica and Porto bring out their best teams to play sporting. I'm, I'm sure they will just because they're they're fighting for something. Um, but I'd be interested to see how, how it'd be a good test to see what Amram's team is doing. And by then they would have had a number of games under their belt with him as the manager. So that I think will be a better test for me to see uh, before I get too excited. And that will also help me and you and, and I, well, Amram, I'm sure he's on different level. I hope he, he does this better than you and I, but to see what he needs to do in the summer to make this team competitive enough to fight for the championship. And um, so before we get there, before I jump into what I th- I'm, I'm going to look at the roster a little bit and kind of dream about players or 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 kinds of players I'd like to see brought in um, or that might be brought in realistic ones. Um, let me say one thing about Yannick Bolasi. You, you probably all saw that Yannick Bolasi, his, his, um, he was on loan to, at Sporting from Ever- Everton this year. And um, he, he, his, his time came to an end and he wrote a very long letter uh, about his time and his frustrations playing for Sporting. And um, on one side, I feel for him. You see, in a very small side, I feel for him because uh, it was an unstable time. He even says it in seven months, he had four managers. He was always switching positions because each manager had a different uh, approach to the game and didn't know how to use him. Um, So I can appreciate it's frustrating for him. Here's what I think. And this is me being very honest. You can let me know what you think. Yannick Bolasi is not a super duper player. Okay, he's a solid player, for, but he's not great. And I think this is a guy who thought that coming from England, he would come to sporting, he'd get a chance to play, and he'd shine, and he'd get a little bit of a revitalization in the late years of his career, and maybe even get a final bumper deal with Everton um, because he came to sporting and scored 20 goals or something. I think he came expecting it to be an easier job than it was. And he came here, and I think he scored five goals. No, is it? was it even five? In 25 games, it's something, whatever it is, it was certainly not impressive. I don't think, I think, yes, it was a frustrating situation for him. There was a, it was a lot of chaos and instability in the club, but I just think he's not as good a player as he thinks he is. And I think that's exactly why Everton loaned him out. And I think when he got here playing on the right side of the midfield, when you have um, wingers that sporting can put in there who are far more dynamic, um, I think he just struggled for a spot and he was frustrated. So that's enough about Belasi. Thank you for serving us for the season. Uh, you're welcome to go back to Everton and then get transferred out because I'd be surprised if he stayed. Um, but there he goes. Okay, now with that, let's go into these the, this roster. Here, 
I don't know. I look at the names on this roster for sporting, and I'm a sporting fan, so I want to be a little romantic about them. I want to think that Nuno Menge and, and Joelson are going to come in next year. They're all going to be Ronaldo, right? They're going to come, and they're going to star, and they'll play great, and then we'll sell them for $80 million and it'll be done. I don't know if that's true. Not because I haven't seen much. I still haven't seen them play against top talent, and they're very young. So... I don't think, as this the roster looks right now, knowing who we were probably going to lose and who we have lost, I don't think it's a strong enough team to compete with Porto and, and Benfica, uh, personally. I just don't think that yet. I could be wrong. I would like to see a couple of moves. So let's move through. We'll go goalkeeper, defense, midfield, and forward very quickly. Goalkeeper. So we have Max, uh, Maximiano. So this guy is 21 years old. He's, he's great. He's playing well. He's already getting attention from top clubs. He looks like a good heir to Rui Patricio. who will bring some stability in, in the goalkeeper, at least for a couple of years. We'll see what happens before somebody tries to rob him away. Um, so he's there. We have Renan Ribeiro, but he has been a little disenchanted. You know, he got, I think he got injured in December. He gave up his spot to Max, uh, and then Max played so well, he just hasn't really given up the, the, the spot. So uh, Ribeiro has, just hasn't played much. So he is obviously frustrated. He wants to play. And it looks like there's some people interested in a guy who is, you know, around 30 years old and has um, some experience and is a solid keeper. So I think Ribeiro will leave sporting. There's already rumblings that he's going to move to Galatasaray in Turkey. Um, I think he's going to go. And Galatasaray might be a good pick because um, they've got uh, Muslera there, who a Uruguayan keeper, who has been there forever. And he is older. I think he's 33 uh, now. And um, solid, he's a great keeper, but he needs coverage. And the Turkish league gets older guys generally. Um, so I think Ribeiro might be a good fit to go in there, play, you know, half season, half the season, and then take on the role um, full time, perhaps. So I think he's going to go. That will leave us with Diogo Souza. Uh, Souza, who is um, a, good, a good prospect. But one thing that's very clear, they need a veteran to be there with Max. So I would be uh, incredibly shocked if they didn't bring in a goalkeeper who's more mature. And this is why you're hearing links of of Claudio Ramos being brought in from Tondela, who's been off and on. I mean, he's not always the most consistent. I have seen him not, not be his best, but he's been very solid. I mean, he's one of, certainly a, a really good keeper. Um, he's older. I think he's 27 now. So he would be a good, I think, complement to Max and may even push Max because right now... Um, you know, Max is 21. He's the rising star. Claudio Ramos is a good goalie. I think I I like to see him come in. Well, is it going to happen? I don't know, but that would be a good pairing. I think get a guy who's a little more seasoned to help Max. Now in center back. So when you're looking, if if Ribeiro's going to stick with this three four three formation, which it looks like he will, well, he's going to need quality center backs, and he's just lost Jeremy Mathieu. So that leaves him, as far as I can tell, on the current roster. As far as classic, you know, uh, traditional center backs, it leaves him uh, uh, Sebastian Coates, uh, Eduardo Caresma, Thiago Lori, and then um, Neto. Now, those th- four guys are okay, but not, I think you, you need somebody else. I would like, like to see another solid, at least one more solid defender come in to have uh, somebody with Caresma and Coates next year that are the consistent ones, and then rotate in with Liori and Neto. I mean, they do have Gonzalo Ignacio in their um, under-23 club who is turning some heads, but he's young. Do you want to have, you know, um, two guys who are teenagers in the center back of your of your six? 
because they're probably going to need at least six in the roster, I'm guessing, unless they keep Borja moving around. I don't know. Uh, they also have Joao uh, Riccioli, um, who's okay. But I don't think that's the answer. I think the four guys they have right now, they may hang on to. Uh, Neto, you never know. But um, Luis Neto. Uh, I And rumors I've heard of, of Juan Jesus from uh, Roma coming in to cover. That's a pretty good pick. I think he's 28 years old. And he's pretty good with the ball at his feet. He's a he's a veteran. He knows how to play. I, he's not quite as aggressive going forward as Jeremy Mathieu, but but I think he'd be solid on the left hand side of that three man back uh, with Coates and Karesma. So I would bring in at least one f- uh, veteran center back. That's what I do. I'm I'm thinking Juan Jesus makes sense at the moment. But tell me what you think. I mean, if we in the next couple of months, there's going to be so many rumors of players coming in that who knows what's going to come. Um, and who knows, maybe some of these young guys are ready. Maybe I'm just missing something. I don't watch a lot of the under 23s. I don't, I, it's hard to find those games, but um, I don't think they're quite ready. Now with that formation, you have these wing backs, and that means you generally want guys who are willing to do the hard work of running up and down that flank all day. So it's often, it's, it's more traditional to bring in left backs or right backs and then convert them into being wing, wing backs. So allow them the freedom to go forward. But then they also have that, that instinct that comes with being a left back of getting back and playing defense. It's easier to transition guys like Acuna, uh, Bora, uh, Rossier, Valentin Rossier, Rostovsky, Nuno Mensch, and, and let them cover those roles because they're used to getting back. It's easier to do that than it is to put guys like Jovan Cabral and Gonzalo Plata or even Joelson. Um, you don't want them playing those wing back positions because those guys, their strength is in letting them be free and creative and moving forward. I wouldn't want to have jo- Giovanni Cabral and then say, hey, I know you've, you've, you can create goals from nothing, but why don't you come back and play some defense a while? You know, I think um, there's a role for forwards to be playing some defense, of course, and to be pressing ball carriers. I don't want him playing on the flank. I'd prefer to have him uh, in the in the t- in the front three. Uh, those guys, Plata and Cabral and Joelson as well. So, I, Acuna is going to go. We've talked about that. I think Acuna is going to go. Up until the last few weeks, I would have thought that they'd need definitely to bring in another left back, and they probably will anyway. Um, but uh, boy, Nuno Menge has looked really good for a young kid. Um, the question with sporting and teams like this is always, how many young players do you put in the starting 11 consistently uh, versus how many veterans? Because you you do want some balance there. But Nuno Menge has looked really good on that left-hand side. So if you bring in a, a center back, can you have Menge and Borja playing in that position next year um, and rotating? Um and then on the right-hand side, you have Ross, uh, Rossier, Valentin Rossier, and Rostovsky at the moment. And I, I've seen um, Camacho, Rafael Camacho, come play the right side. And, you know, he hasn't been as bad as I thought he'd be when I've seen him back there. Um, so you have options. There is some flexibility there. Um, who would I like to see brought in to those? Oh, boy. I always look first at Portuguese players who might be wanting to come back and play a lot more than they will in other, cl- in other leagues. Um, and who are getting a bit older. So when you look at, for instance, uh, Napoli. Um, Napoli has, um, oh boy, what's the guy's name? Uh, Mario Rui, who is a, a solid left back. Actually, I think he's. I think he should be starting at Napoli. But, uh, but I can see that he's not always, he's got some competition out there. 
So is he the guy who says, you know, I'm 29, 30 years old, and I'd like to play a lot more, and I want to get maybe just finish my last few years making decent money, but playing a lot in Portugal, and he decides to come. And that's a guy who I like, um, but I'd be surprised. I don't think his time is quite done at Napoli. I think he can still play um, uh, for a top, top club, but I could be wrong. Um, so is that... I often would look at other... I like some of the young Portuguese players, but the Portuguese sport doesn't really need young players, do they? But I'm thinking of Ruben Vinagre, Vinagre in, um, for Wolves is another guy who doesn't play a ton for Wolves, but there's such a good thing happening at Wolverhampton with um, with with the way um, Nuno Espirito Santo has the team going and how just how successful that team is. I'd be shocked if anybody's leaving there. Um, but yes, people like that, I will we'll see. Um, if there's any more on the right-hand side, I don't think they're going to make a move. I think they feel like they've got enough coverage. I think Ruben Amram likes Rostovsky. Stefan Rostovsky has been playing him a lot, and he's been pretty reliable. But again, I want to see how this formation and how these guys do against uh, Porto and Benfica. That'll be a good tell for me. Um, in the center mid, you know, I like I don't. This is probably the area I think I feel least confident in is a central midfielder, midfield position. This is what I was saying when I was talking about how this sporting has looked weak in moving the ball from defense to the forwards, and the, the problem has been in the midfield. And when that happens, what you you'll find you you watch the games and you'll see it. You'll see that the defenders begin to be doing uh, to be um. F- sending these long balls into the forwards more often as the game goes on. And yes, it's a sign of them trying to push the ball forward, but it's also, I think, a sign of them having less confidence in their midfield. So rather than take a chance of putting in the midfield and losing it or wasting the the possession, they're going to occasionally be looking deep and trying to throw them down the flanks for Cabral or Camacho or somebody to go chase or Plata. Um, So I would like to see more, a few things. One, we're getting, so who do we have? Let me say, we've got Wendell. Uh, he's, I think he'll stay, but again, Napoli mentioning them again, they've been, a few teams really want Wendell. So I, he might go. It's a good chance he's going to go. We have Eduardo Enrique. He's another guy who wants to go because he's not in, he doesn't seem to be favored by Amarim. And I've been hearing about Olympiacos being interested in him. Francisco Giraldis, I put a thing up on our uh, on the Instagram page and uh, I was amazed. Most people love him and think he should be starting. Um, I'm not convinced. Yeah, he's creative. Um, I'm not so sure he's good enough. I mean, maybe I'm spoiled because I've been watching, you know, we watched Bruno Fernandes last few years. Um, but I'm, not, I'm just not so sure he is the creative guy. And as I said earlier, you need midfielders who can unlock the defense as well, who can possess the ball, distribute it well, and then help unlock and uh, defenders uh, defenses that are, are uh, closing up shop. I just don't think we have one of those guys at the moment. Bataglia, solid, but nothing special. Solid. Uh, Miguel Luis, again, he's still looked pretty good when he's played, but he's young um, and hasn't progressed, I don't think, is the, the way I would have liked to have seen this year. Idrissa Dumbia, who's a regular starter now for his international team for um, Ivory Coast. Uh, again, solid, but he's playing defensive midfield, and he is more of a, well, he's not the same player, but William Carvalho, remember him. Similar idea. He's more of a defender, um, and a good passer. He's consistently hitting 90% of his passes, but he's not hammering a lot of key passes. He's not really picking apart the fences. He's more of a, a controller and um, just a solid player, but I don't know if he's the guy. He's not a creative player, really. Um, 
And then Paulinho, we're getting back from Braga next year. We'll see what happens with him. He's been pretty good with Braga. I'd like to see, and, and Ruben Amram knows him, obviously. Interested to see how he would fit in. He does play central defensive midfield generally. And then Mateus Nunez is another young player. So it's, you know, okay there. But if we lose Wendell, it's pretty, it gets weak pretty quick, I think, um, when you're talking about competing for a title, for the national title. So I'd like to see some players come in. This is where um, we have some options. Oh, by the way, for the wing backs, I remember we're also being, uh, there's apparently talk about Ricardo Ajao, Ajao, I don't know if we're pronouncing that right, for Braga. He used to play for Sporting, remember? He's a right back and he's been playing right back, right wing. And uh, there's talk about bringing him back to Sporting. That's an interesting pick. I mean, he's solid. Is he better than Rostovsky and Rossier? It's debatable, but anyway, that's an option. Uh, in the midfield, so a couple of names have been bandied about lately. One of them is Adrian Silva. Adrian Silva, you know, left Sporting because he had really done well here. He went to the national team during the 2016 European Championships. And I remember watching Portugal versus Croatia and watching Adrian Silva just pick apart Rakitic and um, Luka Modric. Those guys are top, top world-class midfielders. And Adrian Silva is just knocking them over, robbing the ball from him, just pestering them all day. And he was so good, he got this call out to, to Leicester City. And he just hasn't turned out for him. He's just been blah when he's played, if, if that. He got loaned out to, to Monaco, and he's not really, they don't really want to buy him from Leicester. So I think he's a man without a, a home at the moment. He's 30 years old. I think he's turning 31 this year. So he's he said that himself that sporting is an option. Is that a something? Is he going to come back? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I put that on Instagram as well. And overwhelmingly, I think everybody wanted him back who responded to the poll. So uh, it's a popular pick. He loves the club. We know what he can do with all the youth in our club. Is it a good idea to bring in a guy who is a veteran, knows sporting, and it's tenacious? I'll say that about Adrian Silva. That guy will run forever. And he is... Um, he doesn't mind getting dirty. Like he can move the ball forward and be offensive, but he can also hold up and and play some gritty defense. I think it's a great signing at that age. Uh, we probably get him for a good price as well because teams want to offload him. Um, so that's an option. Danilo uh, Barbosa, which was a former Braga player who went off to play in Nice in France. He's been rumored about coming back. I put that also on Instagram and that was a bit more 50-50. People weren't so excited about seeing him come. He's a guy who is solid, at Braga and hasn't done much in Nice. He's he's kind of a good two-way player. He's a little bit more offensive-minded than he is defensive-minded, so he's pretty solid in that regard. He's okay. Is that the guy we want? I don't know. Um, but we have some options in youth as well, but I think we need we, we need these older guys. So I would like to see Adrian Silva, I would welcome back in a heartbeat. Um, I would like to see one of these young guys step up and become more creative. If it's Geraldes, great. Francisco Geraldes, I hope he does. Um, but we also have guys like um, Daniel Braganza in, in the U23 league. Now, he is a more of a defensive midfielder. He's tenacious. He's, a, he's, he's, again, a great engine. He's always running. He's solid, but he's young. Uh, Rodrigo Fernandez is another defensive midfielder. These are okay players, and they're good. I would like to see some, some, some people come in. Now, I've heard of a few names. I've heard of Lucas Roberton, who plays in um, Argentina. Most of you, I don't know if you've even heard of this guy. But he's been rumored to be coming to Portugal, to Sporting. Um, and he's young. He's, I think he's 21. And he is good. I think he would be a great two-way player. He's not, he's not Bruno Fernandes style. He's not that guy who's always going forward. But he is a bit of both. He's a good two-way player and certainly pretty creative. That'd be a great pickup. So remember that name, Lucas Robertone. Um, and see, um, yeah, Google him. 
and see what see what you think. Hopefully that happens. So I'd like to see more creativity in the midfield to balance out the guys we have uh, already. Um, and then move forward to the forwards. Let me finish up here. It looks pretty good. I, I still am not convinced about our strikers. I know Luis Philippe is injured. He's going to come back. He was doing okay when Fernandez was here. He had a decent amount of goals. I think he had seven or eight goals. Um, I'm not so sure. Between him and um, Andre Sparar, who's been okay, but today he was non-existent in the game against Gil Vicente. I don't think I don't even think he had a shot on net. Um, uh, and then uh, Pedro Menge. Pedro Menge is a great young he, I would love for a good Portuguese striker to arise. I don't think we've had a good proper number nine since Pauleta in the early 2000s. Um, you know, Ronaldo's playing there a little bit off and on, but uh, who has been a great number nine for us? We all we all had hoped Adrian Silva would be good for Portugal, um, but he's his his career is kind of sputtering a bit as he's out on loan in Frankfurt. Um, anyway, but we'll see. Pedro Menge, maybe he's going to do better um, and, and get an opportunity. I don't know what they're going to do. I'm not convinced any three of those guys are starters. I know Joelson can play at striker or on the left-hand side. Um, um, in the way they're playing, they are trying to move the ball. They're not always just trying to cross the ball into the middle for a target man. So it's not like they need a six-foot-five player, and Joelson's tiny, right? He's like five-seven or five-eight. He's not, he's not a big guy. Um, so it could work as a, even if it's a, if it plays a false nine or something. Um, Luis Philippe is probably, and Mendes as well, is probably, oh, actually, and Sparar, they're probably all more classic number nines, more physical, uh, a little bit bigger. I just, I'm just not convinced. I would like to see somebody else come in. Who is that? Well, I don't know. Do we raid the cupboard of Braga again and bring in Paulinho? Paulinho? Maybe. Um, there's always some other uh, players I'd like to see. There's another kid not in, in, um, in, in Argentina that I'd love to see. His name is, I think it's um, Julian Alvar- Alvarez. And um, young little guy, I think he's 5'8 or 5'10 or something. He's not big either, but he's a solid little player. And I think it's just, just the kind of thing sporting would do. You know, you go out and get this kid who is um, he was doing great in his minor league or his, his, his foreign South American league and then uh, turn him into somebody great for a few years and then sell him. But we'll see. Uh, so I'd like to see some moves there. On the wings... We have some pretty good talent. Uh, Rafael Camacho, Luciano Vieto, Gonzalo Plata, Jovan Cabral, obviously. I think all those guys will stay. Uh, Joelson is obviously here. Well, I think I think he'll play more on the on the wing, on the left-hand side of the front three. I don't think he'll play him at striker. I'd be surprised. Um, just because of his size and his dynamic nature, I think he's coming off the wing would be far more of... He'd be much more trouble for defenses coming in from the wing. That's what I would do. And we have Thiago Tomas, who played today as well. I didn't watch the last 10 minutes of the game today, and that's when he came on. So I didn't see much. Uh, statistically, I didn't see much from him either. But um, So I would go for a good number nine, and then maybe I'd let these wingers have their way. You know, We'll see. I, again, I want to see how they do against Benfica and Porto. I want to see how... Um, not Giovanni Cabral, I think, will be okay. But I want to see Plata. Plata was so good today, but I don't know if you've watched him carefully. Watch him with the ball. He's young. He's a teenager. And he's sometimes so aggressive and we saw this with Ronaldo when he was a kid too and a lot of players so aggressive moving forward that he makes sometimes he makes bad decisions and he hangs onto the ball too long and he works himself into a tight spot and he can't get rid of the ball so he ends up just getting rid of it or, or losing possession or kicking it out of bounds so there's some maturity that has to happen but you know that's what Ruben Amram is there for that's what a lot of these seniors uh, senior players are there for as well 
Okay, so I've taught for 35 minutes. That is a pretty good summary. I look forward to uh, connecting with some of you guys online again and throughout this time. I believe the next game for sporting is on Monday uh, against uh, Morerens. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see that game and how that pans out in a few days later against Santa Clara. So I'm going to try to record one of these after each game if I can. Um, I'll do my best. This is not my full-time job. I'll keep trying to get more of them out there. But in the meantime, interact. Let me know what you think. Uh, tell me what you want to talk about. What you, ask me questions. Um, and I'm happy to address them here. I've, I think I've addressed all the questions that have come in because they were things that we've talked about. But um, just thanks for all of you who are checking out the, um, the podcast and the Instagram page. I'll do my best to every morning update things as best I can. And uh, in the meantime... Um, Force of sporting. Let's let's uh, let's keep cheering our lions. Thanks, guys. And oh, happy 114th anniversary to our sporting club, the Portugal. Um, it's been a great 114 years that I've only been around for a few of them, but uh, look forward to many more. I think I think we're on a good trajectory here with Ruben Amram, but but we'll see. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Mm-hmm.